What's going on, everybody? It's your man, K. Mark. Welcome back to another episode of the 310 Podcast. Coming at you like I always love to do with that sports knowledge. Yes, yes, yes. We've had a wild, wild week in the world of sports, and I'm here to bring it all to you. So, if you want to get in contact with the show, you can hit me up at the310podcast at gmail.com, as well as you can find me on Twitter at MrKmar81. On this week's episode, hey, we'll be looking back um, to last week's uh, NFL. Uh, we'll definitely be kind of jumping into some of the uh, some of the um, important matchups that took place last uh, last weekend, as well as we'll be jumping forward and looking at this week's action that'll be coming up. I would definitely we'll be diving into the standings and kind of seeing what the playoff scenarios are looking like, as well as some um, important news that is going around in the NFL, like oh, uh, where's the latest on OBJ. Um, Kyler Murray's uh, ACL injury that took place on playing service. I'll definitely uh, give you my opinion on that, as well as the MVP race. We'll definitely talk about that. We're also going bowl season. We're going bowling. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, We'll definitely will be uh, giving up uh, talking about some of these bowl matchups, including the matchups during the the BCS playoffs. And so I definitely want to kind of give you guys my predictions on that. And then we'll be switching to the NBA, and we'll definitely kind of be giving you the updates on the standings and some of the news that's been kind of going around, as well as some new awards that have been that have been named um, for the postseason awards. And so I'll definitely kind of give you my input on that, as well as finally, 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 our girl Brittany Griner is home. My goodness, I definitely want to give you guys my opinion on that, especially all the foolery that I've seen on social media, um, which is just blatantly disrespectful and honestly, not even, un- and just sadly uncalled for. So with that being said, once again, you can get in contact with the show. Hit me up at the310podcast at gmail.com, as well as once again, you can find me on Twitter at MrKmar81. And so let's get to it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into some college football. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it is officially bowl season. We have some very interesting bowl uh, matchups coming up. And I kind of just want to kind of highlight some of them. Uh, we have the in the Las Vegas Bowl, we have the Florida Gators taking on Oregon State. Um, in the Holiday Bowl, we have the Oregon Ducks taking on the UNC Tar Heels. Also in the Cheez-It Bowl, <laughs> we have the Oklahoma Sooners taking on those F, uh, the, uh, the Florida, uh, Florida State. Seminoles. Uh, I know my boy Stax is going to be glued to the TV set for that one. FSU! In the Capital Bowl, Capital One Bowl, we have uh, we have the Tennessee Volunteers taking on the Clemson Tigers. That is actually going to be a very fantastic matchup. Tennessee has been solid this season. Besides a couple losses, I mean, they honestly, I stated during one of my last podcast that they should be in the playoffs. However, no, it is what it is. The powers that be have spoken. So they take on Clemson. I think, like I said, I think that's going to be an outstanding matchup. And another solid matchup is going to be in the uh, in the Sugar Bowl between the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Can- and Kansas State. Um, that's going to be another one because two uh, these two teams definitely had a shot at making the BCS playoffs. So it's definitely going to be interesting, an interesting match. It should be a fun one. I mean, this is not the Alabama of like three, four years ago. I mean, Alabama, yeah, they definitely kind of struggled a little bit this season with some untimely losses, but uh, should still be a solid, uh, should be a solid matchup in this game. So moving on to the BCS playoffs. 
Um, mind you, everybody, I believe after I think next year or in two years, um, the is going to expand from four to twelve, uh, from four to twelve teams. So I mean, a lot of teams that are playing in these bowl games, they're definitely going to be a part of the BCS playoffs. So it's going to be a one and done thing, kind of similar to the NFL playoffs. But I mean, honestly, hey, I like it. Um, they're going to bring a lot more notoriety to a lot of these schools and give more schools a shot at winning the national title. So. Starting off, uh, um, we're going to be looking at the Fiesta Bowl in Glendale, Arizona. That is uh, TCU taking on Michigan. Look, your boy doesn't live too far from the stadium, so you know what? Man, if tickets are at a pretty good price, hey, don't be surprised if you see your boy up in the maze in blue, in, in, that, in that crowd rocking the maze in blue and cheering on those Wolverines. Um, I believe Michigan should be able to win this game. Uh, they, they've been playing solid this whole year. They have a very stout defense. Um, I know they're going to be kind of depleted when the running game with Blake Kroon out for the season, but I believe Michigan still has enough to be able to win that game. Um, in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, um, down in Atlanta, you have that school from the South, and you all know who I'm talking about, taking on um, the defending national champions, the Georgia Bulldogs, uh, that game, honestly, Georgia has been solid this entire season. Definitely the odds on favor to win the whole thing, go back to back. Uh, their defense is ferocious. I mean, honestly, it could be a little bit better than it was a year ago when they sent all those players to the pros. But Georgia is back. They're playing solid. They demolished um, the, um, the entire SEC and definitely should be looked at as the favorite to beat um, that school from the South. Um, of course, the cynical part of me would like to have a matchup for the third time between Michigan and that school from the South. However, we'll see what happens with that. But it'll be nice to uh, to smack them again for a third time and to capture the national title. And so everybody knows hey, the national title is, the, um, is at SoFi Stadium in L.A. Um, usually, I mean, usually when the game is in L.A., typically it would be at the Rose Bowl. However, that's not the case anymore. The national title game will be at SoFi Stadium. So, yeah, it's definitely going to be um, some fun times at that stadium. So I can't wait. I cannot wait, especially to see who brings home the trophy. And so with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to take one more quick break and I'll be right back with you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into this football. So, hey, let's look back at week 14 of this NFL season. And we're going to start on Thursday night with the L.A. Raiders losing to the floundering defending Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams 17-16. to It's so fine. I mean, my goodness, Raiders fan, how, how did you allow this to happen? I mean, mind you, Baker Mayfield had been sitting on, uh, had been released a couple days prior and he basically just got to LA two days ago, barely got his playbook, and you guys allowed him to drive 98 yards for the game winner. Raiders doing Raider things. Why am I not surprised? Um, I mean, mind you, this is a, a Rams team that is not playing with, uh, had, does not have Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, um, Aaron Donald, and mind you, this is a team that's already devoid of Andre Whitworth and, um, OBJ from last year's Super Bowl team. 
this definitely falls at the feet of the players and the coaching staff because there's no way the Rams should have been this close. But you know what? Like I just stated, Raiders doing Raider things. So are we really surprised? Moving on to Sunday, those Dallas Cowboys survived by the hairs of their chinny chin chin to knock off the Houston Texans 27 to 23. My goodness, Houston, you basically just, you had the game. You had the game in hand as you just picked off Dak Prescott in his own end zone and basically had a shot to um, go ahead um, go ahead by 10 with a couple minutes to go, basically salting the game away. However, sucky play calling, and you guys remembering that you guys are the Houston Texans, um, allowed Dallas to stuff you at the goal line and allow and allowed them to drive 99 yards. My goodness. And mind you, ladies and gentlemen, Dallas did this with uh, basically using no timeouts. So, I don't get it. I don't get it. But you know what? It is what it is. I mean, that's why Houston is 1-11-1. Um, moving on, moving on. Um, speaking of the Dallas Cowboys and also the Philadelphia Eagles, the um, Detroit Lions kind of did both teams a solid by knocking off the Minnesota Vikings 34-23. to uh, The win um, moved um, Philadelphia up two games on the Vikings for the best record in the NFC. And speaking of those Philadelphia Eagles, they dismantled the New York Giants 48 to 22 in MetLife. I mean, I told everybody on my Eagles on podcast that Jalen Hurts and the Eagles will be coming for blood. I mean, mind you, off the poor performance that he had a year ago at MetLife Stadium, Jalen Hurts was definitely looking for redemption and he did um, do that indeed. Mind you, the Eagles scored the first three times that they had the Rock. And amassing a 21 to nothing lead and basically ending the competitive phase of that game. Um, speaking of a game that also was basically over before it started, the San Francisco 49ers behind rookie sensation and Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy dismantled the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 35 to 7. Mind you, this is Tom Brady's second appearance of playing in. Uh, San, uh, in San Francisco, he did it early, maybe a few years earlier with the New England Patriots. However, uh, this was a beatdown uh, of epic proportions. Really, Tampa Bay had no answer for the 49ers and what they were pre- um, presenting them. So San Francisco uh, moves in within a game of winning the NFC West. Uh, they have a big game against uh, Seattle coming up tonight on Thursday Night Football. And going back to Brock Purdy, um, in his two games that he's played so far, um, both victories, uh, first the victory over Miami, he's thrown for 210 yards as well as thrown for two TDs and only threw one pick. And this past game against Tampa Bay, he only threw for 185 yards, two TDs and no picks. Uh, Kyle Shanahan has done a masterful job in play calling. Um, he's definitely putting in um, Brock Purdy in position to succeed. He's not um, totally open up the playbook. I mean, he's relying on his rushing game, the running game, and his sound defense, who was ranked number one in the entire NFL. So, looking forward, looking um, looking ahead to tonight, uh, those same San Francisco 49ers, uh, they can actually clinch the NFC West if they knock off their arch rivals, the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. Uh, should be a, definitely a test for the 49ers. Um, because, I mean, as we know, I mean, hey, usually rookies, they don't play too well on the road. Um, both of uh, Brock Purdy's first two uh, first two games were at home. So this is definitely going to be a test. Uh, Seattle, uh, they're definitely floundering um, over the past several weeks. Uh, Geno Smith, in a sense, is kind of turning back into a pumpkin. 
And so we'll definitely see what happens with that. Um, the Miami Dolphins, uh, they take on the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo uh, on Saturday. Uh, this game is projected I'm projected to have at least about five to six feet of snow. Um, for those, I remember Tua uh, uh, yesterday stating that um, it snows in Alabama. Nah, bruh. It may snow in Alabama, but hey, Alabama snow compared to Buffalo snow, it's two totally different things. So, hey, Miami definitely has their uh, their work cut out for them. Uh, but I have the Buffalo Bills winning that game uh, fairly easy. Um, moving on, moving on. The Dallas Cowboys take on the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. Um, I believe this is actually a very interesting game. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars have been playing well over the past uh, few weeks. They won three out of their last five games. Um, they had a major upset win in Tennessee as they knocked off the Titans pretty convincingly. And so they're heading home. Um, the biggest, the big, uh, one of the things I, I have seen about Jacksonville and I and I like is that hey, they're putting the ball in Trevor Lawrence's hands and he's actually delivering. I mean, I definitely like what they're doing down there in Jacksonville with Dougie P. Um, he's definitely building something, um, kind of in, in, in similar in a mode of what he did with the Philadelphia Eagles during the 2016 as well as ultimately the 2017 season. So, um, the thing about this, Ken. Jacksonville protect Trevor Lawrence against that pass rush. That's going to be key. Also, can they? And one thing that we all know Dallas typically struggles with is the running game. Um, and can Jacksonville kind of establish the run with Travis Etienne? We'll see what happens with that. Um, I believe Dougie P is going to have a little some form. Dougie P is going to do the Eagles, his former team, a, a, a solid. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, yeah, um, I do have uh, Jacksonville winning that game in a close game. Um, and yes, yes, and that's more, that's bias. So, hey, you know what? It is what it is. <laughs> uh, moving on to uh, Sunday night, Sunday night football. We have the New York Giants taking on the Washington Commanders and Landover. Um, I actually have uh, Washington winning this game. Uh, I believe Washington, uh, they, have a, they have a sound defense. Um, I'm not sure if Chase Young is going to be playing this game. Well, we shall see. But, I mean, Washington, um, they have a sound running game. Taylor Heineke continues to play well. And overall, I mean, overall, Washington is playing a lot better than New York. New York, in my opinion, they're kind of falling back to kind of where a lot of us thought that they, that they would be. They're kind of were playing over their heads through the early portion of this season. And now they're starting to kind of flounder. Saquon Barkley is a little bit banged up. And Daniel Jones is showing why he is Daniel Jones. So um, give me Washington. Um, shout out to my boys, uh, BK, my man, JB. Giants and Washington fan, I know we're um, going to be beat, meeting up for that game on uh, Sunday night just to kick it and just kind of see what's, what's going on. Um, also, uh, we also have the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa. Um, I could easily see Cincinnati winning this game. I mean, Cincinnati's playing outstanding ball. They won their last five, especially in, and now that they have Jamar Chase, this offense is resembling what they did coming down the stretch of last season and into the playoffs. Like I stated, they won five in a row, and right now they're playing solid ball. Joe Burrow is definitely one of the um, candidates for uh, this year's most valuable player. We'll definitely get into that in a moment. But um, for some reason, I mean, I don't know what is going on with Tampa Bay. I mean, is it really the fact that is Brady really washed? I mean, he looked pretty pedestrian against San Francisco in that pass rush. Um, 
Is it, I mean, the injuries to, I mean, is there something wrong with Mike Evans? Is it like the loss of total of uh, some of the, uh, their defensive players? I don't know. Shaq Barrett is out and Vita Bay, I believe, is out. And it's just, it's not good in Tampa Bay right now. Um, but, however, for just for some reason, I believe Tampa is going to rise to the occasion. They know that they have Carolina breathing down their back. And so I believe that they'll put up a spirited effort. And I have Tampa winning that game. And yeah, like I said, but honestly, I think it can go either way. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Cincinnati pulled this game out. So moving on to the NFL standings, and we're going to start with the AFC East, and which means the Buffalo Bills, who are 10 and 3. And they face Miami, who is 8-5. And, and rounding out is the New England Patriots and the New York Jets. Moving on to the North Division. That is how that um, right now the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals are tied for first with a 9-4 record. Both Cleveland and Pittsburgh, they kind of round things out with a 5-8 record. Ravens, it is definitely important for them to, to try to at least um, get some wins, stack some wins, especially with Lamar Jackson being out for the next maybe couple weeks. We'll see. Um, if they can get that done, uh, they won their last two games um, at home. However, this game against Cleveland will be on the road. Uh, the, the AFC South is um, that's being led by the Tennessee Titans, who have a 76 record, followed up basically by the five and eight Jags, four and eight Colts, and the one and 11 and one Houston Texans. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs, they are 10 and, uh, 10 and three, followed up by the um, LA Chargers, who are seven and six. The, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders and the sad, sad state of the Denver Broncos rounding things out. So uh, Kansas City pretty much should win this division. I believe they'll have a shot maybe either this week or next week. I'm not too sure on what the procedures and what the um, ramifications of, of this weekend will hold. So moving on to the NFC, we have and we're going to start in the east. Uh, we have the Philadelphia Eagles, who are 12 and one. Followed up by the Dallas Cowboys, who are 10 and 3. Uh, both teams are have won their last four and setting up for an epic showdown next week on Christmas Eve in Dallas. That's followed up by the, the Commanders and the Giants, who are both 7, 5, and 1. Moving on to the North Division, the Minnesota Vikings had a shot last week to clinch the NFC North. However, they took a major dump in their pants by taking the L to the Detroit Lions. Um, basically, the Lions, they, they have an outside shot in making the playoffs with a 6-7 and seven record. That is followed up by the Packers and Bears, who are basically kind of just floundering down there. The NFC South Division, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with a 6-7 and seven record. And they're, ba they're barely holding on. I mean, they have Carolina, who is right behind them with a 5-8 and eight record. And Maverick is actually a tie between them and Atlanta with 5-8 and eight records. Followed by the New Orleans Saints, who, crazy enough, have, a, have an outside shot at winning this division. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Then you have the NFC West. You have the San Francisco 49ers who can clinch the NFC West tonight if they beat the Seattle Seahawks. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, Seattle, like I said, they're floundering and um, by um, losing their um, losing last week to Carolina. And unfortunately, you had the defending Super Bowl champion LA Rams and the Arizona Cardinals sitting there at four. And nine. So moving on to some news, moving on to some news that has been taking place in the NFL. Let's jump right into it. Um, Kyler Murray's injury, man, man, oh, man, off a non-contact injury. And he was basically running in the open. I don't want to say the open field, but he had no one around him. And just all of a sudden, his knee buckled. And so, of course, everybody knew as soon as it happened, ACL injury. 
man, oh man, oh man. Luckily for the young man, he's gotten paid. So, I mean, he's definitely going to have a shot to better his Call of Duty skills because, honestly, I really don't see Kyler being back next year. And maybe, like I said, we won't see him till maybe 2024. And like I always say, usually the first year back, you're not the same player. Usually you start to kind of resemble your old self the following year, a year removed. And honestly, we, we may not see Kyler be Kyler until, what, 2024 or something? 2025? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it just sucks that the timing of it, I mean, late in the season, basically you're kind of just kind of playing out the string, hoping to maybe get some wins. But, yeah, that's 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 tough, man. And honestly, this goes back to playing surfaces. Um, this is a billion-dollar organization, billion-dollar teams, which is the NFL. Man, how come you do not have real grass on these fields? I mean, my goodness, I mean, you've seen all these non-contact injuries and players going down with ACL injuries and everything like that. Man, damaging their careers to play a game. My goodness, my goodness. I mean, man, mind you, like I said, I mean, these are billion-dollar owners. I mean, and I understand a lot of these stadiums, a lot of these stadiums, they also house concerts. So, I mean, hey, they're doing it just for, hey, look, it's easy to kind of take up the the art of the artificial or the synthetic field, wherever they play on nowadays, than to actually have natural grass. But the thing is, though, is like, man, your product is your players, and a lot and fans are not come flocking to these stadiums Sunday or sitting in front of their couches to watch the owners. It's the players, and mind you, yeah, we know that these players are indispensable. We know that. But come on now, owners, you guys got to do better. Man, provide some natural grass for these players. I'm begging you. I'm begging you. Um, moving on, moving on. Um, the latest on OBJ. Um, right now, it seems like talks between OBJ and the Cowboys have kind of stalled right now. Um, the Cowboys um, recently just signed T.Y. Hilton. And so that's going to add to their passing game. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, former All-Pro for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, he's been banged up um, the last couple years, but, hey, we'll see what happens with that. Um, but, I mean, for some reason, I wouldn't be surprised if Jerry Jones starts sniffing around and still kind of keeping those talks with OBJ alive. Um, from what I'm hearing, that OBJ may just wait until the offseason and sign, and sign a deal to where he can maybe get, like, that long-term deal. So, and that's basically kind of in the what he's looking for but like i said i mean you know jerry jones i mean he loves the box office he loves the spotlight he likes being on the main card so you know he's definitely going to be fishing for maybe fishing for obj uh speaking of jerry jones um one of the things that has been kind of brought up i mean i really haven't touched at um um as much um was the photo that they have with him back uh when he was a, a a young man um, where there were some African-Americans who were trying to enroll in school and Jerry Jones was pictured in a crowd that of, of, of Caucasian white men um, throwing disparaging remarks at these African-American students that were trying to enroll in school. Jerry Jones, I believe from what they're saying, was like maybe 14 or 16 years old. I really don't remember. But, I mean, come on now. I mean, honestly, I'm not surprised just know who Jerry Jones is. And it, I... <laughs> I can take you a little, um, not too far along back. And that was back in 2017 where um, everybody was protesting. Everybody was kneeling for the flag. And of course, Jerry Jones 
made the comment, if anybody's gonna, who kneels for the flag, they will not be playing for the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. That right there showed me everything I needed to know about Jerry Jones. And <laughs> funny how some of my uh, African-American Cowboys fans just kind of took up for him. And I'm like, dude, come on, man. You look silly as hell. Um, and also, a, a few weeks later, I, I, oh, my God, I remember this vividly. It was on uh, on a Monday night here in Arizona where the Cowboys were facing the Cardinals. And Jerry Jones, of course, um, kneels with his players, made sure he found a camera. It had the biggest smug on his face and kneeled. And I'm honestly, I call complete BS on that. I'm like, really? Really? So apparently, I'm guessing maybe some of his owner friends maybe got in contact with him and say, hey, Jerry, hey, let's just do this for solitude for the, for the players and whatnot. But yeah, you know he had to find the biggest camera out there, and so I mean, I like I said, I literally called BS on this whole thing. So yeah, I mean, hey, we all kind of know who Jerry Jones is and kind of what he's about. He's about his bottom, um, the bottom dollar, and yeah, I know, like I know, like some of his former players, they kind of stand by him and whatnot. But you know, hey. I'm glad he's not my team's owner. I can tell you that. And um, speaking of my team, um, looking at the MVP race uh, right now, that is a three uh, three man race uh, between Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, and Joe Burrow. Jalen Hurts, of course, leads the Eagles to a 12 and one record. He's played flawlessly and has only thrown three interceptions this entire season. Uh, he's been doing it both with his legs and on the ground, and has definitely improved his accuracy. Um, that's followed up by Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, a lot of people coming into the season doubted the Chiefs and their ability to um, to still um, um, maintain, especially after losing Tyreek Hill. Um, however, I mean, hey, Bet on Big Red and, and Mahomes if you want. And Kansas City, uh, they've they've been smoking this season. I believe they're ten and three, and definitely have a legitimate shot. Uh, I believe this week or next week to win the AFC West, as well as right now they are number two in the AFC behind Buffalo. And also Joe Burrow, he's definitely part of that conversation. Like I say, the Bengals have won five in a row and did a lot of his um, work without. Um, his number one wide receiver in Jamar Chase since Chase has been back Cincinnati has been rolling and looks to be the team and that finished the uh, the, uh, the regular season and into the playoffs a year ago so um, definitely going to be an interesting race um, right now I'm being biased I have Jalen Hurts but you know what hey Pat Mahomes and Joe Burrow wins it you know it's no big deal so definitely going to be an interesting race as uh, the season concludes and so, with that being said, I'm going to take a quick break, ladies and gentlemen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's move on to the NBA. And uh, right now, I mean, we definitely have some news and stories that we definitely want to kind of get into. Uh, first of all, we're going to start with the Philadelphia 76ers and their all-star Joel Embiid. Uh, he definitely had made some comments um, earlier um, earlier this week by saying that he believes uh, Philadelphia 76er fans want to trade him. Uh, not necessarily. I mean, yeah, of course, there's like a couple here and there, but however, 
No, I mean, majority of Sixer fans and one of the Sixer fans that I know, they love Embiid. They want Embiid to stay. They want to build around. They still believe that they have a shot at winning a title with this guy. Um, I'm not too sure. I mean, honestly, I believe the Sixers window is shut. Um, I believe they had their best chance. I believe it was like the um, that year that they lost to the Raptors in the, in the semifinals. I believe that was their best shot at winning the NBA title. Um, and I'm pretty sure what Joel is kind of hinting to, I mean, he probably turned on WIP or one of the Philly radio stations where a couple fans out of about 30 of them that call a day said that, yeah, we uh, it's time to, um, that we get rid of Joel Embiid. Let's get rid of this guy. Let's rebuild and whatnot. Nah, nah, nah. I mean, mind you, think about it. The Sixers, I mean, this will this will really do a disservice to the Sixers because no matter what kind of compensation they get back for Embiid, it won't measure up to the type of player that he is. So, I mean, honestly, Joel, just sit back, chill out, because you're not going nowhere. I mean, unless, I mean, hey, stranger things have happened. Unless Embiid demands he be, uh, he's traded. Now, that would probably raise some flags and... Yeah, definitely make him be one of the most hated players in Philadelphia, right behind Carson Wentz. Um, moving on, moving on. I mean, we like I said, I mean, we definitely have a lot to discuss. The Boston Celtics continue on a on a record pace. Um, they had just finished a road trip uh, where they went four and two, and ca- and that capped off by a come from behind. Well, let me say, it. come from ahead to come from behind effort against, wait a minute, to come from ahead, to come from behind effort against the Lakers at the Staples Center. Um, the, the Celtics were pretty much dominating the Lakers. They were up by like 20 um, throughout the majority of the game. The Lakers stormed back um, and took the lead by by 13. And the Celtics somehow were able to come back in the fourth, forced the game into overtime. Jason Tatum, my God, with a, with a Kobe turnaround jumper in LeBron's face to force overtime. My goodness. And from there, the Celtics dominated OT and pulling out this victory to cap their Western road trip at 4-2. Mind you, the um, the Celtics had lost two uh, two in a row to the Clippers and to the Warriors. Mind you, in, uh, early in the road trip, they blew the doors off the Phoenix Suns in Phoenix. And so, no, I mean, shout out to Boston. I mean, man, they're playing very well despite the drama with uh, their former coach, Amy Doka. Um, yeah, they've been able to kind of ride through that storm, and they're playing phenomenal basketball right now. Uh, the um, One of the bigger surprises is the New Orleans Pelicans. They're um, on top of the Western Conference at the moment, and, I mean, the health, I mean, the health in um, – of Zion Williamson has definitely been a major key to the Pelicans. Um, they're definitely getting some ball, um, some uh, solid ball play from um, CJ McCollum. So I mean, yeah, I mean, right now the Pelicans, yeah, they they lead the West, and in a surprise, I'm definitely surprised by this. Also, 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 the Golden State Warriors have just lost Steph Curry for a few weeks. Uh, like he banged his shoulder um, a couple games ago. And I mean, right now, I mean, the Warriors, I mean, they're kind of floundering in a sense. I mean, they they have not had the start to the season that that they have expected. And right now, I mean, you lose Steph for a couple weeks. It could be, I don't want to say it's curtains. It could be curtains for the Warriors. However, it's not a good outlook right now. I mean, right now, they are um, number 11th in the West with a 14 and 16 record. Um, they're four and six in their last 10 games and they have 
Um, they've lost two in a row at this point. So, and they they face they go on the road to face Philadelphia uh, tomorrow. So, it's definitely going to be important for Golden State to somehow, some way, ride kind of ride this little stretch out. I mean, they have a matchup against Toronto on Sunday, then a matchup at Madison Square Garden next Tuesday, and they finish up against. KD and the Nets on next Wednesday, um, December 21st. So, ugh, not a good look. Not a good look for those uh, the defending NBA champions. Moving on, moving on. The LA Lakers continue their up and down uh, in, uh, NBA season. Right now, the Lakers, whoo, boy, they're they're basically right behind Golden State um, with a 12 and 15 record. Um, they come off the loss to the Boston Celtics. I still don't know how the Lakers um, came from ahead to lose that game, and in overtime, my goodness, I mean, ugh. I mean, for some reason, I mean, hey, the Lakers, for some reason, it's like, it's like they're up and down, up and down, they, they, they have some good wins, coupled by some terrible losses, I mean, Anthony Davis um, against Detroit, uh, I'm gonna say not Detroit against Philadelphia, uh, last, uh, last Friday, blew it with some late game free throws, game prior they got smoked by Toronto and then before that they lost to Cleveland so I mean the Lakers I mean in true yeah shout out to them they beat um they beat Detroit last Sunday and yeah right now not a good look for the Lakers I mean they have Denver coming up at the Staples Center uh, on uh tomorrow that followed up by the Wizards and then they have a date at Phoenix next um this coming Monday so I mean those are two games right there I mean I believe they may be able to get the Denver game they may be able to get the Wizards game however it seems like whenever the Lakers play the Suns the Suns literally blow the doors off of them and so looking ahead um looking also the NBA they um awarded they um named some new trophies I'm sorry new awards and this uh, these are postseason awards these are given out at the end of the the regular season well I'm sorry at the end of the um the playoffs honestly I believe we need to go back to where awards are given out during the playoffs I mean nothing like you getting an award like an MVP award a six man of the year award in front of your home crowd I think that's pretty dope I mean man we've seen pretty dope M- MVP speeches uh, I mean, Derrick Rose. I mean, I remember that one uh, in, um, in particular. He, um, he um, won his MVP in front of his um, his hometown fans. I mean, honestly, it was just something magical about that. But um, yeah, I really believe they really need to go back to that. So um, these new awards. Uh, first of all, we're gonna start with the most improved player. That was uh, named the George Mikan Award winner. Um, Eh, don't really see much wrong with that. Um, I believe, I mean, maybe could have been somebody, maybe like the Dr. J winner award or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we have the Sixth Man of the Year award. Uh, that was named the John Havlicek award. Um, well, my my issue with that is, honestly, I mean, when John Havlicek played for the Celtics back in the 60s, I mean, that award there was no sixth man of the year however i mean he was in a sense quote-unquote named like the, the quote sixth man for the celtics who helped win all those titles back in the 60s but uh, i mean you have so many other uh players who could have definitely named that award after i mean i could think kevin McHale as one i mean he won two six man of the year awards also i mean you also have jamal crawford and sweet lou williams they won three apiece 
uh, of the Sixth Man of the Year award. So, I mean, I think any of them could have definitely been named that award winner. But, I mean, honestly, I mean, I'm guessing they want to give it to players who are maybe like Hall of Fame worthy caliber players. Um, I, my thing is, though, hey, man, give it to Kevin McHale or somebody, at least someone within modern times that may have won it. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, the Rookie of the Year award that was named the Wilt Chamberlain Award as well as Defensive Player of the Year, that was uh, named the Hakeem Olajuwon Award. Uh, Jerry West, uh, this is a new award. It's called the Clutch Player of the Year. That's the Jerry West Award. Of course, everybody knows him as Mr. Clutch and the NBA logo. Um, I'm definitely wondering what are like the qualifications to win that award. I mean, I mean, I don't think the NBA has really said what the qualifications are. I mean, are you supposed to hit like the most buzzer beaters? Are you supposed to have like a certain percentage in clutch moments? I don't know. I don't know. And finally, 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 the Maurice Paul, the Poloff Trophy, which is given out to the most valuable player award, um, is named the Michael Jordan Award. Me personally, I, I see no issue with that. I've seen a lot of people who have complained about saying, hey, Michael Jordan doesn't even have um, the most MVP awards. That is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar who has six to Jordan's five. Mind you, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar already has an award called the Justice Champion Award. So me personally, I see no issue with this. Personally, to me, this further solidifies, in my opinion, MJ has to go. I know everybody else has their own opinion. I know some people say Kareem. I, I know some people who say Will. I know some, some people who say LeBron, Kobe, Magic, however you want to go. I mean, everybody, it's, it's an opinion, everybody. So, I mean, honestly, there's really no way for us to tell. But, hey, Mike gets Mike gets the ultimate individual honor as the MVP. His name goes on the MVP award. I think, honestly, I mean, why not? I mean, why not give it to Mike? I mean, man, Mike has done so much for the league and has, expi- has um, inspired so many of the current players and some, and some former players. So, I mean, hey. Give the man the MVP. I'm definitely down for it. And so, looking at the NBA standings at this present moment, right now, you have, like I said, you have the um, the New Orleans Pelicans who lead um, the Western Conference. Um, that's followed by, I'm sorry, no, you have the Memphis Grizzlies who lead the West, followed by the New Orleans uh, Pelicans. That is also followed up by the Denver Nuggets, Phoenix Suns, um, the Sacramento Kings, who have been a surprise this season. I'm definitely shocked at what I'm seeing for the Kings, and I'm actually liking what they're doing out there in Sacktown. You have Portland, who is in the sixth spot, followed by Utah and the Clippers. Uh, the Clippers, I mean, we really don't know what's going on with this team. They've been they've been so banged up, losing Kawhi, losing uh, Paul George, and we really don't know what's going on with Kawhi and that knee. I mean, it seems like one game he may play, the next game he sits out, he may miss the next three or four and come back. I mean, it's hard to really generate con- um, continuity when you have a player like a Kawhi Leonard uh, missing the amount of games that he's been pl- um, that he's been missing. And so, yeah, it's definitely still something with that knee, and honestly, that knee just may not ever heal. Sucks, man. It definitely sucks because Kawhi has the skill ability to be named the most valuable player of the league and lead a team to a possible championship. I mean, we've already seen him do it. <clears throat> with Toronto a few years ago. And then, mind you, I mean, we also had the playing game. I mean, we have Dallas, Minnesota, followed by Golden State and L.A. Um, right now, the playing game right now would be 
Utah, who is seventh. The Clippers are eighth, followed up by the Mavericks and the Timberwolves. Moving on to the Eastern Conference, you have the Boston Celtics, who are storming along this NBA season. Um, they lead um, the, the Eastern Conference um, over the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, who was um, just a game behind. That followed up by the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Brooklyn. The Maverick, mind you, I don't want to. I really don't even want to say the surprising Cleveland Cavaliers. I knew that they would be solid, especially after they got Donovan Mitchell, but I was not expecting them to be in the third spot in the East in December. I mean, it's a credible accomplishment for this team who has not made the playoffs since LeBron left them uh, a few years ago. That followed up by the Brooklyn Nets, who are starting to play well. Um, they won four in a row. Um, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant are starting to get it together under Jock Vaughn. That followed up by the Philadelphia 76ers, the New York Knicks, who are number six. And the playing game, it would be Miami, Indiana, Atlanta, and Toronto. And unfortunately, my Chicago Bulls, they are just floundering in the 11th place. My goodness, man. And then and from what I'm hearing, it looks like Lonzo Ball may not be back for the rest of the season. Um, that knee is still giving him problems. Man, it sucks. It's, this really sucks because, I mean, mind you, when Lonzo went out last year, the Bulls were on top of the Eastern Conference. And once he went out, I mean, basically the door fell out on the Bulls. And so, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. So, one topic that um, I definitely want to discuss All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, one of the topics that I definitely wanted to hit on during this show was Brittany Griner. For those who know, I mean, Brittany Griner had been had been detained in Russia for well over 300 days for having 0.7 grams of cannabis found in her luggage while she was going over there to play basketball. Um, yeah, some of the stuff that I've seen over on the Internet has been downright disgusting cruel and just I don't just overall just nasty I mean my goodness I mean first of all I mean I'm happy as hell Brittany Griner is coming home I mean I saw that when I woke up that day and I was ecstatic because I'm like man finally Brittany Griner is coming home and mind you um they traded in a sense they traded Brittany Griner for quote-unquote the merchant of death named Victor Bow. He's an arms dealer who was providing um, weapons and weapons of possible mass destru- uh, destruction to buyers who were willing to buy, um, purchase those weapons. Um, I definitely know Russia. Definitely, he's definitely in bed with Russia and other and other uh, other people who are attempting to purchase those particular items. I mean, shout out to my boy Michael St- my, Mike Stafford from uh, the time is now podcast i mean he has been like one of the advocates of britney grinder i mean my, my man he loves the w he loves the WNBA just as much as the nba um he's a girl dad i mean hey if you, if you can't hey go to his podcast the time is now you'll definitely enjoy it but i mean shout out to him i mean he he kind of reminded me during his last show about hollywood innocence glorifying this man mind you um, Hollywood. There, um, there was a movie made uh, called "The Lord of um, The Lord of War," starring Nicolas Cage back in 2005. I remember seeing that movie. However, I didn't realize that that movie was about him. I'm like, 
god dog I'm like, man, that was wild. So if you haven't seen that movie, definitely go check it out. Um, he's definitely a guy who, in a sense, um, like a car, uh, he's kind of, in a sense, kind of like a car dealer. Um, he's one that's um, providing weapons to anybody who is willing to to um, to purchase weapons. He's just more of like, hey, look, I'm in it for myself. If anybody wants to uh, buy something, hey, let me know. Hey, I'll provide it for you. And in a sense, I mean, yeah, Hollywood has glorified this dude. And now that you have an African-American woman being traded off, traded back to the United States for this guy, you get all these people who are up in arms. Like, why do we trade Brittany Griner for the merchant of death? Ha, 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 man. Most of you guys probably didn't even know who the who this guy was. My goodness. And most of you guys probably didn't even know that there was a movie about him. So there you go. You learned something. Um, I know a lot of other people who also in art because in a sense we quote left a marine Paul Whalen back there mind you this man and mind you I did definitely did the um, the research on this guy mind you this guy was dishonorably discharged for creating crimes while he was in the military man this dude is no war hero he was a spy my goodness man you think about it though I mean man he has a number of charges I mean he's been convicted of multiple accounts of larceny um, identity fraud, um, making false statements and check fraud while in the Marines. I mean, homie was in prison when Trump was in office. And so, I mean, my question is, how come Donald Trump didn't get him? I mean, come on. Everybody's saying, oh, Trump would have had Brittany Griner home already. No, he wouldn't. Because, I mean, hey, you, hey he could have gotten Paul Whelan out. But however, he didn't. And mind you, also, Trump also went over to Russia a couple times during his term man my goodness so like that so my question is to you how come he did not get him out so overall this guy paul Whalen, is being held for 16 years in russia hey but like i said you guys stated that trump would have got britney griner out how come he's not getting paul Whalen out and i'm pretty sure a lot of you guys didn't even know that he was dishonorably discharged like i said that's why you got to do your research on these things um now, mind you, I mean, if he was, he was honorably discharged, I mean, I can maybe understand. However, I mean, you're really going to compare a career criminal to someone who had 0.7 grams of cannabis found in her luggage. And I believe the limit was like about 0.6 something. I can't really remember. I mean, come on now. Come on. I mean, let's be real about this. I mean, I mean we all kind of know what this is i mean man it's a it's a black woman being uh having priority over a white male so everybody and well and a quote-unquote former marine and that's the thing and that's the thing that you don't really see from like these fox news and cnn like they're not gonna say they just say he's a former marine however they're not gonna put yeah well they may put it in there but i mean a lot of people as we all know they only read the headline they don't go in and actually uh start going to the the actual stories and actually read up on this guy so like i said i mean but you know hey that's the time that we're in and i'm not gonna lie there are times when i've done it as well where i've just kind of went with the story and however only to um find out that hey look there was some other things that were involved so you know what as a people i mean we definitely got to do better i mean if we're going to be over here criticizing i mean hey let's do the research first Let's do the research before we start judging 
and start condemning people. Come on now. Mind you, also, Brittany Griner was prescribed this particular hash due to her bouts of depression and also for like to heal her injuries. I mean, come on now. Come on. And we all, but like I said, I mean, we all know what this is. I mean, it's a black woman being let go before a white man. And like I said, I mean, in a sense of me, at the end of the day, regardless of how fair it is, I mean, I'm just happy the fact that something finally went in favor of a, of a black person and slash a black woman. I mean, usually something like this, I mean, that takes place to me, a black, a black person, I mean, they're going to get the book thrown at them because as we all know, I mean, we all know like this world definitely looks down on African-Americans. So like I said, I mean, they definitely would not, uh, definitely a black person would not have gotten the benefit of the doubt. But like I said, I'm happy. I'm definitely happy that, like I said, and like I said, I'm happy that as a black woman that finally gets a break somehow. I mean, man, we need more of that. I mean, my goodness. I mean, all these, all these white collar criminals that, that, that are able to get off and whatnot would, would bear with any light, light, um, charges or anything like that. I mean, it's good to see a black person, a black, especially a woman of color, get off as well. True, she basically lost about, uh, she lost about 10 months of her life being in that jail facility, but you know what? She's back, uh, I believe she's back at home, uh, she should be back at home either today or tomorrow, uh, with her wife, and hopefully she can resume her WNBA career, but honestly, man, this, it's, it sucks, the whole way around. I mean, once again, I mean, shout out to my guy, Mike Stafford. I mean, like I said, I mean, he definitely, um, like I said, he definitely advocates for Brittany Griner and for all that she stands for. I mean, and I mean, if we're going to look at Brittany uh, Griner's character, I mean, man, look, this woman has done so much. I mean, she's been an advocate for the LGBTQ community in, in terms of like making efforts to stop um, the stop of bullying. Because, I mean, I've seen that from several people who I know who have been um, a part of bullying because of their sexual orientation and it sucks um, she was also labeled by Time uh, by People Magazine as a trailblazer for all of her efforts um, the one that the one thing that definitely kind of gets me a little bit was the fact that people states that oh Brittany Griner hates America no she does not hate America however it means she's open to the fact that I mean, the national anthem is not what everybody claims it to be. I mean, I mean, we all know. I mean, I don't know if many of you have read the full lyrics of the national anthem where they talk about slavery of the Negro. But you know what? It is what it is. It is what it is. I mean, we definitely fail to highlight that. And she states that, quote, I mean, well, not, I don't want to quote, but she states that. And I'm paraphrasing that. I mean, the national anthem should not be played at WNBA games and the reason why she did this is because she was standing up for Breonna Taylor and for for those who remember Breonna Taylor was killed a couple years ago due to being um, um, shot by the police which I mean honestly which we all know was a load of crap so no I mean shout out to Brittany Griner I definitely pray that she gets the help that she needs I definitely know that she's definitely going to have some man she's definitely going to have some things to deal with mentally as she goes forward with her life i just pray that she definitely gets the help that she needs and is able to kind of overcome this and becomes a voice in all of this and i definitely hope her stance and and honestly i hope 
this not like this right here doesn't deter her from her mission that is the big thing is that she can, continues with her mission to help spread spread word about not only lgbtq uh, people in that community but just overall minorities blacks and everything like that and so i just kind of want to give like my little two cents on that um i know i'm ran i'm uh, rambling at this point in time so with that being said, that brings us to a close of another episode of the 310 Podcast. If you want to follow the show, you can, um, you can hit me up at the um, 310 Podcast at gmail.com, as well as you can find me on Twitter at MrKmart81. So with that being said, um, let peace, uh, peace be with you. God bless you all. Peace out. <laughs>